Well, here we go. It's the last round of the season. The final eight is just about set, only for a couple of spots up and down. But we've got some really good footy to come. Matthew Richardson joins us as always. Matthew, uh, Shane the Train, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Did you realise I've got Shane the Train merchandise now? I, I did. You were telling me that, the Shane the Train merchandise. And I, I hear that maybe you don't have the great lucrative deal that you think. Well, I thought, you know, I did the AFL a favour. I thought I'll voice over Shane the yep. Train again for them. And all of a sudden I noticed that the Shane the Train merchandise in stores. And, and you're like, not getting a lick of I'm that? I'm thinking, surely I should get a lick. <laughs> I am Shane. <laughs> surely Shane gets a lick. Anyway, that's the way it goes. Good final round coming up, isn't it? There's a few uh, permutations either way, no doubt. It's a rip. It always throws up some big losses, some big wins, some clubs that shouldn't win that do win. And I reckon it's all mindset when you lead into the last round. And I remember going back to 2001. I uh, We couldn't make the finals. We'd played yeah. finals four years in a row at the Dogs. This was the first year we couldn't play finals. You were All-Australian 2001? All-Australian. So, so you had a um, good year. And I'd already found out that I was All-Australian so leading into that last round. You so in Iraq, was it? My 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 – Focus on the game could have been a lot better, right. I thought. I thought I'd go out there, I'd uh, do a few things, do a couple of nice things, and then I was excited about getting on the source at the yeah, end of the game. Yeah. And Which is a danger, isn't it? It is, yeah. it is. And uh, a young guy, it, was, it wasn't a young guy by that stage, Simon Godfrey, you might have yeah, remembered him, remember one of the, Simon, uh, yeah. couldn't play, um, one of the great taggers of our time. Didn't try and get the footy, it was just arm across. He was just your old... Old-fashioned tagger. Old-fashioned tagger. And... Uh, he arm across, just punching me all day. He's super fit. Um, you don't need that in round 22. Melbourne were playing well, and I must admit, I, I didn't give it the attention or the energy it deserved that day because – Could I just ask you one question? Did yeah. you have a bad attitude that day? I had a shocking attitude that day, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm embarrassed about it. I never really went into a game with a bad attitude. Well, I didn't go into the game with a bad attitude, but yeah. I came out of it by quarter time with a pretty bad attitude because yeah. I thought, you know, I just want to enjoy my last game. We can't play finals. Melbourne were playing kicks. pretty well. They were beating us, and I ended up with three possessions. Yeah. I ended up with – 450-metre penalties against. <laughs> more than And when it, when it came to the possession. super coach points, <laughs> I actually ended up on negative eight for the day. Can you actually go into the negative, can uh, you? You can go into the negative. That's I went funny. into the negative on that day <laughs> and I gave absolutely nothing in the last quarter. Yeah. And uh, it's fair to say Plough gave me one of the biggest sprays by the end of the game and uh, rightly so too. I'm pretty embarrassed about it to this day. Plough can give a good spray too. In the last quarter, I, I found my uh, sense of humour in the last quarter. I was on the bench and Plough had sat me there for at least a good 20 minutes to yeah. make me think about it. So every time I went to the bench, Godfrey would go to the bench as well. Yeah. So I got off the bench, walked down to the Melbourne bench, stood in front of Godfrey and said, we're going back on, mate. Oh, you didn't, did you? <laughs> he did. He came back on and I didn't get a kick again. <laughs> you can be a real smart aleck at times. I've seen that in your nature over the years. Now, the other one, though, 2002, this is the year later, and we're playing Collingwood. Plough had just quit the, the week before. That's so, right. Uh, Peter Road, first Dusty game as Rhodes. coach. And I'd spent the uh, the night before the Friday night in the in – the, in the hairdressers, I was trying to get a little bit of a new rinse because we couldn't play finals again, trying to get a new rinse. Can I have a guess which one it was? Is that when you went with the peroxide mohawk down the middle? Uh, no, that- it was. A, it turned out to be a bit purple. <laughs> so when I left, I don't know what happened or what they did, but I was just going for the blonde look, you yeah. know. Uh, yeah. I wanted to go out that night, have a good night, um, say hi to a couple of girls, but it turned out to be 
purple. So right. I had to get back the next morning um, and at 7 o'clock in the morning. This is game day, mind yeah. you. Went there to try and get it sorted out. It so turned you, every shade under on, the sun. Let me check this. So you were in the hairdresser the Friday morning night. the morning of the game the trying to fix up of the game. Your hair that you mucked up the day before. Exactly. So I left that. They opened up at 7 o'clock for me. You are kidding me. I left there at about 10.30 to go home uh, because <laughs> Murph always came to my house <laughs> to go to the game. And it was purple. It was a, it was a rinse of purpley orange. It yeah. was horrendous. Yeah. Um, and Murph come around and I said, uh, all right, we're ready to go. And he had a laugh at my hair. And he goes, oh, I'm a bit hungry. I haven't eaten yet. I'm like, what do you mean, mate, you haven't eaten? You, you play an AFL footy game. He goes, oh, you can talk. You've been at the hairdressers all morning. And he goes, all right, what do you got? And I said, because I'd eaten all the last bit of toast. All we had, the only thing I had in the cupboard was Cocoa Pops. <laughs> Murph has had a bo- and we didn't have any milk. So Murph's had a bowl of Cocoa Pops. This is an AFL player when I'm yeah, an AFL yeah. captain. Had a bowl of Cocoa Pops with no milk at all leading into the last round of the game, playing Collingwood at the MCG. So really prepped well. We drive in together, um, Brownlow Medal Night. Uh, Murphy three votes, N Brown two votes. Are you, so I kicked show, six and Murph had about 30 and kicked three. That shows you sometimes that, that it's all mental, the preparation, it is mental. doesn't it? it? Is. I remember the last game of, I think it was 1998 or 1999, my memory's not fantastic, but I was out injured for the last um, game of the season and we played Carlton on a Friday night at the MCG. So it was a good way to finish it. We weren't playing finals. So to have a Friday night game, you know, this is where back in the day you, you, you started looking ahead to your Mad Monday and your mm. weekend. Oh, we yeah. had a we had a tremendous yeah, week. Mad Monday. Oh, so good. We had a great weekend lined up, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It was going to be amazing. We couldn't play. And this is what you're talking about. Your mindset is when you can't play finals, it's very, very dangerous. So, you're thinking about the Swan. Yeah, you're thinking about going to the Swan Hotel on Monday. But I'm it's not very even... famous that the Richmond boys used to have nude hour at the Swan late at night. Is that true? No, before I got there, that's a myth. Mate. Okay, that's an absolute. Are you sure myth. that's a myth? That is a okay. myth. Why would we do that? I don't know why you do that. I never understood it. You do some silly things. But anyway, the last round, I'm injured. I'm not playing. All I can think about is the game being done and dusted and getting out and having a fantastic weekend after a long season. About 10 minutes uh, before the first bounce, the, the teams are out on the ground warming up and all of a sudden everyone's looking up at the scoreboard and a lot of people will remember this. The scoreboard at the Ponsford stand end is on fire. <laughs> On fire, there's sparks coming down, there's smoke going up everywhere and all of the players were told to get off the ground. They were getting people out of the grandstand evacuating and all we could think about in the grandstand was the fact that the game at this point was going to be delayed to the next day and we were going to miss out on a day on the source. Can you believe that? That's I can believe that. We weren't worried about the game. We were just worried about missing out a day on the source. But anyway, the game got underway about 45 minutes late and... Uh, we got out a little bit later than we anticipated, NATO, but that's uh, that's one story from the last round I can remember. I enjoyed your dancing last week. Uh, that was really good, you and Danny Minogue. How bad was that? Yeah, it was shocking. Yeah, it was. So much so that I put it on the Sunday <laughs> footy show. Why'd you do that? Because every, it's called, it's a segment called What Caught My Eye yeah. and it caught my eye. Uh, my, I must have, my big mate that I used to play footy with pretending like he could dance with Danny Minogue. How embarrassing was that? Sometimes you've just got to say no to your employers. So you would say no to Channel 9, Did they you? pay you extra for it? No, Nathan. It gets but, back to this show and the train thing. Unless you're getting an earn out of it, Matthew, I would suggest that you – This is where you them. get things wrong, Nathan. <laughs> it's not all about the dollar, all right? It's about goodwill, about good karma, and my employer asked me to do something, 
and I reciprocated yeah. by making a fool of myself. The Minogue girls were Richmond supporters growing up, weren't they? Is that they? right? Yeah, they were. Danny, gee, she's only small. Little, tiny. isn't she? Yeah. yeah, she was lovely, though. Yeah, I made a fool of myself, Nato, but anyway, that's the way it goes. All right, let's get into... First game, which is a big game too, Port Adelaide and Essendon. Neither of these sides can make the finals now. $1.60 Port Adelaide, Essendon $2.35. Again, it's a mindset, this game. Mm. Who goes in with a better mindset? Um, Port Adelaide have copped well, Port, it this week. Is Port a mathematical chance they if are. Geelong lose? They are. But Geelong losing the Gold Coast in Geelong is going to be It's not going to happen. Port no. know that. Uh, Essendon, they'd be disappointed because I think they've gone 11-3. and three. Yep. Uh, in the second half of the season, their last 14 games. And even last week when they decided to play fast in that last quarter, they, they made Richmond uh, get a bit wobbly. I know the game was over, but, gee, they'd be flat, the Bombers. I think they'd still like to finish it off with a really, really strong performance moving into the preseason. Brendan Goddard, obviously, his last game. Mm. Uh, That's think, a shame. I think Essendon can win. Porter Porter really wobbling home. I think they've lost four of their last five, Port Adelaide, and they'll be under the pump this summer. It's which coach gets their side up for the better mindset, I reckon, in that game yeah. because either of them could probably win by 10 goals. Yeah. Ethan can put in a stinker. Yeah. But I reckon I, I agree with you. I just think the Bombers have got the good form going in, so I'm going to tip the Bombers on Friday night. And I noticed yesterday you, you thought Brendan Goddard should have played on. Yeah. Just at the Bombers, not right. nowhere else. Right. I just think... Nobody at that footy club is knocking down the door and taking Goddard's spot. Uh, if there was someone that was like uh, anybody who can what kick a, the footy like what him. What about Francis, though? Isn't isn't he the man that came in late? Yeah, but he, he's playing in the same team as Goddard at the moment. Yeah. I, I just think with a player like that, how good he can kick the footy, um, you know. Look, I, Do you think anyone else if, will offer him a, a deal? What about Gold Coast, so. like a Hodge would, scenario? Would you want to go to the Gold Coast, though, if you're Brennan Goddard? Depends how if you, much how much you want to play. Yeah. Well, it depends how much he wants to play. It appears that he he really does want to play. So he, he, he I reckon he'd look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. The other game uh, on Saturday afternoon, Geelong a dollar oh one, Gold Coast twenty one dollars. That is the biggest price I've seen to start a game this year. I was down there last week. Geelong kicked twenty four goals in a row, which was extraordinary. Fremantle got some problems. How can that happen? In this day and age, in this professional era, how can one team kick 23, 24 goals in a row? They, you know what I noticed last week, and it's only a small thing, but when they were on this run, and uh, it was the third quarter, I think, Bradley Hill came, they, they kicked a goal Geelong, and Bradley Hill walked on the ground from off the bench. Yeah, yeah. He walked all the way to the middle. Now, it's only a little thing, but I would be disappointed if I was the coach or a teammate to see someone walk from the boundary line all the way into the middle. It's a little you bit. You get on a run. You jog in. Yeah. You, you show some interest. You do not walk. I know, bit, I know it's a little thing. I but, know, but those, that, it is a little bit symbolic. I mean, yeah. how often do you see a player just no. walk onto the – you don't. No. So maybe there's something in that. It's just the mindset over them. Fife's the only one who really had a, a good old-fashioned crack in the middle. He had 37 yeah. disposals. He butchered the footy a bit, but I, I don't think they're playing for Ross Lyon at the moment. I think there's some – really shoes that uh, a lot of us don't understand. I know, I know people look at it and go, oh, they didn't try. You, you are always trying. I mean, I've been in teams that are getting pumped. You're still yeah. trying, but there's a disconnect between the players and I think that's what they've got Lack the of moment. intensity and lack yeah. of interest. Anyway, Geelong, win, uh, this is a question. Can you not have odds on a game? Because the, seriously, the Gold Coast Suns, Will nev- would never win this game in 100 years. They could go there 100 times and they could not win this game. Yeah. So, Gold Coast should what, be 100 bucks. So do the betting agencies, can they have no odds on footy games? No, they can't. They'll have the odds. So right. Geelong, uh, $1.01. It's, it's almost like a I'd, tennis score, you see that. You normally see Roger Federer in the first round be a $1.01. 
So you could put a million dollars on it and win ten grand. Yep. Would anyone do that? Oh, I'd hope not. That would not be <laughs> responsible gambling, Matthew. Uh, uh, to my my former club, the Nathan Brown Cup, uh, Richmond Bulldogs, the Tigers. Nathan Brown Cup, a dollar eleven. What about the Leon Cameron Cup? Western Bulldog. What about the what? Ben Harrison Cup? Yeah, the Ben Harrison Cup. <laughs> oh, Harold. Uh, I can't see the Tigers losing this one, and uh, they're pretty short. It's it's going to be interesting how Richmond how they go in this game because last year they were coming home with a wet sail. They needed to win their last few games to to stitch up that top four spot. They can't move. They finish top of the ladder, but I reckon they want to go. I reckon they want to come into this game and with a really strong performance. I, I Full think, team in this. I week. think I think Dimmer will play his strongest possible team. So that means Asprey. Cochin come back in from last week. Dion Presti, Lambert will, will still be injured. He won't play. Um, you play your strongest team, and I think there's guys there that want to stitch up their spot. Who's exactly. going to be Who's going to be the Jacob Townsend or the Jack Graham? Yeah. Maybe if young Liam Baker. Maybe he gets another game and, yep. and plays well. So Lloyd but, wants to play. Yeah, they all want to play. They want to play. So there's the spots Manager. up for grabs. But if anything's going to inspire the Richmond team this week. It's uh, Richmond have this thing called the homecoming hero each week, yep. each home game where a former champion of the club walks out onto the ground. Goes, former star. Former yeah. star, former champion of the game, <laughs> goes down to the goal square in front of the punt road uh, end, the Richmond cheer squad, and kicks a, you know, a, a – a goal, a symbolic goal of just uh, a recognition of their career. You did the first one, didn't you? I did one years ago. Now, I believe this week uh, you're going to wobble out onto the ground. Is that right? Well, you've got to give the fans what they want, Matthew. Now, this is a Bulldogs-Richmond game, so I'm going to get out there, yeah. do the homecoming hero, you're going to kick take the goal. The kids I'm going to take you? the kids out there, which is my big, my big issue. Is the kids because my kids are unruly, looseish, yeah, looseish. So I've got four of them to watch, but they're all pretty excited. And have they ever been on the MCG? No, when they're all there together, they get a little bit ratty, my kids. So I'm just a bit worried about them. Now, the whole idea of it, as I said, is to kick a goal to the punt road. Andy, are you, are you just going to go back and do the drop punt? Are you going to kick around the corner? I'm going to go around the corner, I think. Yeah, I think. I mean, let, I, let, give the fans what they like. I think you you were very good at it, so I'd like to see. I'd like you to get on an angle. And kick it around the corner. It's a great honour, Matthew, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, I looked through some of the previous names, and there are some great names mm. who have done it, including yourself. I got down to the push-up king, and I didn't feel as special after I saw his name down there. <laughs> he sculled a beer after he did it, too, yeah. in the cheer squad. <laughs> Come on, Jake. Oh, wanker. <laughs> <laughs> what is he thinking, Jake? Uh, you know who's been hanging out with him and Toby Mitchell's been Damien Barrett? Has he? Yeah, that, that, he was spotted in Clarendon Street not that long ago with Jake, with Jake and uh, and Toby. That's a strange yeah, uh, it's, trio, isn't it? He's he's he doesn't fit in there, does he? Damien no, Barrett. He does not fit in at all. <laughs> Big purple. Uh, all right, uh, yeah, next game, Fremantle Collingwood. Uh, uh, Collingwood flying at the moment. I don't think Fremantle can win this game, even though they are at home. At Collingwood, a dollar fifteen. Must be said, the Bulldogs went to Fremantle. Two years ago when they won the flag, they won the last game. Yeah. Had to go back the following week. So yeah. if they do have to go back, there's a precedence there that yeah. it can be done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, will Frio offer a whimper? Surely they've been hammered in the press over there this week. Ross Lyon, you know, has been questioned. I know he's got plenty of years left, but surely they want to try and do something in this last game. I, I can't see Collingwood. Does it feel like – and you're only speaking from an outsider, and that's all you can speak of, but it looks like – 
he's lost the players a bit. I mean, I know it's some kill to the players played for Rossline. They loved him. And I know that you've had yeah. time with him at Richmond yeah, and you guys great. loved him. But it just seems like the whispers coming out that um, they're not in love with him anymore. That's just an outsider's point of view. Yeah, I, I mean, that's always the question that you ask when a team is struggling. But... Oh, like Rui and Joey uh, at St Kilda and those guys, Del Sant, they loved him. The different, bit of a different generation. Kids yeah. are a little bit different now. It's hard to comment. I'm not in Perth and you don't see them day to day. But when you get 23 goals in a row kicked against you, there's got to be questions asked. So let's judge it on the response. They have to come out and have a strong game for Ross this week. Yeah. But they won't win the game. Collingwood will. Uh, Carlton Adelaide, Adelaide $1.10. Carlton $7 at home. Um the one I like about this is Adelaide, whether they're mentally prepared to come in for this game as well. Carlton's last game, you know clubs down the bottom end of the ladder are going to have a crack. The line in this one is 42 and a half, so basically seven goals. I think Carlton can get within seven goals of Adelaide. Yeah, I do too. This game's obviously a Carlton home game. So, look, Carlton were pretty good. They hung with the dogs for a long time last week. It was a low-scoring game. You'd think, you'd think they could get within that line. Can they win? Probably not if the Crows come over we're with, here with half a decent mindset. So I'd still tip the Crows, but I think you're right. I think it can be closer than the 42 points. Sydney Hawthorne, um, a lot rides on where the Buddy plays, $1.65. The Sydney Swans, Hawthorne, 225 I think Hawthorne are going that well. I think they – if Buddy doesn't play, Hawthorne win. Well, I, don't, that, I don't think Sydney can win without Buddy at the moment. We've, we've seen that. When he didn't play well, when he had that sore heel a few weeks ago, um, ever since then, he's been unbelievable. He's he's involved in over forty percent of Sydney scores. Yep, he's involved in some way. That's the highest in the comp by about ten percent. So they rely on him heavily. So that that says it all. If Buddy doesn't play, I don't think they can score enough. And we know how good Hawthorne's defence has been. They're so hard to move the footy against. But if Buddy plays, I'd tip Sydney. But if he doesn't, I'd tip Hawthorne. It's simply that it's he is yep. that important at the moment. Yep, I like that. I'm going to wait for the teams to come out on that one now. We normally do a rant or a mm. rub or something. This isn't so much a rant, but what happened during the week with the rules of the game and um, it was it was mooted that Waleed Ali was going to be asked his opinion on it. Um, I don't I don't know if that's correct though. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he was asked to go to the presentation. Like, in, like anybody like, can be. Like, like I spoke to Damien Barrett yesterday, James Brayshaw. They could have been going yeah. to that. It's so, not – he wasn't involved in a, a select few of four or five no, people. It no, it wasn't like it was Waleed, Malcolm Blight and Lee Matthews being asked about the it – was, it was a presentation to the AFL and a lot of different people from the media were invited. And he actually hosts a mm. news program at 6.30 at night where the football and the AFL would often come up. So he – for him to be briefed and knowing what's going yeah. on, nothing out of the ordinary. The reaction was extraordinary. So he's my rant, not a rant, and I don't understand it that well, but the Herald Sun, whether they've played this unbelievably well for them being a newspaper mm. and digital and clickbait mm. or whether they've got an obligation not to incite people, uh, and there was a lot of hatred going on, yeah. a lot of bad comments. Yeah. And So the Herald Sun posted that. They knew that that would Incite clickbait. people, clickbait. Bit, people yeah. would get up and about. And I've, look, whether you like uh, Waylead or not, uh, I mean, he was on a hiding to nothing when that newspaper yeah. article went in. Then they've got their head of football, Mark Robinson, writing an article basically saying, if you didn't like Waleed being in there, um, you're a racist. And then you've got Rita Panahi basically going the other way, calling basically Waleed a racist. And it was, They're not it on was the same just, page, are they? Are they or was it orchestrated that... Herald Sun post that. 
Robbo does that, Rita does that, and then they pick up the Sam Newman thing. Is it just genius from the newspaper to keep this going? And surely Waleed looks like he is the the victim of the whole thing. I I would find it extraordinary if the the three different journos that were involved in that would have would have would uh, know about no, it. I think it would be different. I couldn't but imagine the Herald that could Sun happen. probably sh- would have known that that would. I think the the people in Oregon charge played would, it really I well. They the would Sun, I, as a newspaper. I think they would know what uh, what gets the reaction and what people uh, click on and read. So I, I I found it extraordinary the response to Waleed, and I, I felt for him yesterday. Yeah, but it incites anger and it excites hatred and the comments. Which uh, is another story. Really. Whether the Herald Sun have an obligation to try and not do that. But they'd have to know by posting that photo and posting that article that there's going to be a wave of, I mean, negative I press guess, coming back but that I guess way that's, towards Wally. I guess that's what they want. But it was an unfortunate episode, the whole thing, yep. in my book. Hey, uh, uh, the next game here, Lions mm. and West Coast, to just bring something up with Dane Zorko. Yeah. Like he would he would have been embarrassed by that after the game and Chris Fagan's probably said that he'll think about it and he'll be better from it. But it just made me think. Of something that you were embarrassed with in your career. I know yeah. I did something when I was seventeen down in Tassie that I look back on now and it still makes me cringe. Have yeah. you have you had a moment like that? Oh, in without game? a doubt. I, I said something awful to uh, Jared Crouch right. when I played against Sydney. So he used to tag me a lot, yeah. and uh, I'm not going to repeat it on here because it's that bad. I mean, yeah. uh, did you ring him afterwards? And rest- no, I I didn't. Uh, I wish I had. It's yeah. too, gone too far now. But yeah. what I said to him was pretty awful, yeah. uh, and obviously it stayed between. Uh, out on the field, but uh, yeah, but I, wish, what, I wish I hadn't have said it. Now looking back, if you saw him now, would you be a bit feel a bit funny still? Yeah, I reckon yeah. I would. Yeah. yeah, I remember playing down in Tassie as a seventeen-year-old. Now coach was the great Peter Knights, Hawthorne yep. champion, AFL Hall of Famer. Yep, and I really respected Knightsy, but I'd lost the plot this day on the ground, <laughs> Nathan. As you could, Matthew. a bit like your game uh, against Melbourne with Simon yeah. Godfrey. I gave away a hundred metre penalty one after the <laughs> other from, from the goal square in one end to the goal square in the other. Oh, what an idiot! Anyway, the runner came out, and of course, Knightsy was within his rights to probably drag me at that point, wasn't he? Yeah. The runner came out and I was still furious and I looked up at the coach's box and the great Hall of Fame Peter Knights and I gave him the bird. <laughs> How old were you? I was 17 <laughs> and I had a lot to learn. And I had your long hair. Yeah, I was an idiot. And I eventually came off the ground and Knightsy, to his credit, said, well, that's it for you. He left me on the bench for a good half an hour. Yeah. And back then you'd stayed on the yeah, bench, didn't you? didn't come you? back on. And I still look back at that now and I'm just embarrassed and, at how I carried on. Did I learn from it? Probably took me another 13 years till I finally started uh, not doing those things. I but- love this Jekyll and Hyde thing you have. Like I- I've known you for a long, long time <laughs> and your persona in in – in just general, is you're a nice, beautiful no, natured it, this, man. It's called but, white line fever. Yeah, and you went out there and you turned into a psychopath. Yeah, but plenty of guys in the have had white <laughs> line to, fever. You used to spray blokes and you have spittle coming out of your mouth. It's embarrassing. It is. It, it is complete one eighty to what you are off the field. You are the most generous, nice, humble guy off the field, and then you got on the field. But you so turned into a maniac. But Dane Zorko is as well, and that's yeah, just, he is a nice guy. It does funny things to you. But geez, I laughed. But that's 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 what I love about you. I I love thinking about you playing footy and losing your oh, shit. Uh, well, it just. I don't know what happened to me. But, but the supporters loved it too, though. Like they, they might say you carried on like an idiot, but they loved it. Well, they loved the antics. 
Well, they wouldn't have loved what I did to Peter Knights that day in Tassie, I'll tell you. That was that was over the top what I did. And I, I'm still embarrassed to this day. Hey, the Lions can win this game. Two fifty, West Coast a dollar fifty four. They play really well up there. West Coast still injuries. No Nat Newey, he's, uh, he's not going to be there all year. No Gaff's going to be there all year. Kennedy. I just think that Brisbane might upset them, and that means the reason so I'm saying that, Collingwood can finish second. I'd like four. I'd like four games in Melbourne. I reckon that'd be great. Gee, wouldn't it be good? It's a national comp, though. Surely we want a game somewhere else. Yeah. Do you do you honestly think that the Eagles can drop this game? I think they can. Gee, I think they can drop this game. I don't think they're playing that well. That, that if they drop this game, that that could be enough to really you know finish their premiership chances. Yep. I don't think they'll drop it because they simply have to get that home final. But you're right, the Lions have been so competitive of late. Big long flight, six hours. Is Darling out or not? Don't know. See, that's the thing. They need at least. We do this podcast before the teams come out, which makes it a bit harder to tip. Yeah, look, if Darling plays the Eagles, but I still think they'll win anyway because, gee, it's a lot to play for a double chance in a home final. I know they still have a double chance if they lose, but that home final's crucial. So the Eagles win. Melbourne GWS, Melbourne $1.44, GWS $2.80. Should have won that game last week, being four goals up against Sydney. Should be having a home final. I was talking about on Triple M Radio yesterday about Dylan Shield, how good a fit he would yeah. be for Essendon. He would be. Very quickly got a text message from our old mate Wayne Campbell. Yeah. Um, just stop talking about our players, would you? He yeah. really monitors the media, he doesn't does. he? He does. He does. Well, it wasn't hard because as soon as I'd left Triple M, there was a big tweet by Triple M, Nathan Brown ah, says, right. Dylan Sheila beat Essendon. Right. Um, and it was one of those ones from Cambo. You know he was very serious about it. He's, he can be stern, Wayne. Mm. I, I don't think there's any chance. Surely he's not leaving the Giants. Well. is he, He's not from Melbourne, is he? Yeah. He's, oh, yes. Dylan Shields from Melbourne, yeah. Oh, well, there is the come home fact. For some reason I didn't. Didn't think he was from Melbourne. Uh, I think the Giants. They're going to offer him nine hundred to a million dollars a year. I don't think the Giants would be able to offer him any more than six hundred. They can't keep losing these sort of players, though, can no. they? Anyway, don't, I think uh, Melbourne win this game. I hope Wayne doesn't listen then to this podcast. I think Wayne's got bigger things on his. He probably should. He might learn a few things. Well, uh, Melbourne win. Melbourne win. We'll finish fifth and get a home final at the MCG. <laughs> This is the one I reckon it could be an upset of the uh, last round. I reckon the Saints at three sixty six are value to beat the Kangaroos. They're a dollar twenty nine. The Kangaroos. Um, what I will say is I'm sad to see Jared Waite go. I, I thought not, he had footy left in him. I reckon he has. There's not too many players that I. I was reading a tweet by Dean Jones, which was funny. Funny enough that Jared Waite on his day, was basically unplayable. Um, and I believe that. Yeah, yeah. When he was up and about Jared Waite and leaping at the footy, he was unbelievable to watch. Yeah, he was. I, I played on Jared a few times uh, at when he was at Carlton and I played on him on the wing one day and he, gee, he was hard. Like he kicked three goals, he got the three Brownlow votes and he he towed me up. He he could seriously play. He could know what he could do. He could float in the air. You know mm. some players that jump and it feels like they don't. Yeah. They just stay Michael in the Jordan air. could do that. Yeah, he stayed in the air for longer, and uh, you know that was hard for defenders because he'd jump early. You'd think he'd jump too early, yeah. then he'd still take the mark. And yeah, a really good player. I think his his last you know three or four years at North Melbourne it was really good for him. I think it, it changed people's opinions yeah. that he was an enigma who flashed in and out. He became a lot more consistent and a really good player. Oh, I think. North will still win. I think Ben Brown has still got a chance for the Coleman. Um, 
you know, they've had a really good year. The Saints were good last week, but they've been inconsistent. So I'd still stick with North Melbourne in this one, I think, Nato. You got a story to finish us off? Uh, yeah, we sort of do this every week, yeah, don't we? we? Do. I thought yeah. I'd talk a couple of quick stories about a, a mate of mine who uh, caddies in America on the, the PGA Tour. And this story is out there. It's online if you, if you want to have a look. So you can... Um, make your own mind up whether I'm telling the truth or not, but it, this 100% happened. So he caddied on the PGA Tour for Robert Allenby, uh, the, the great Australian golfer. And Robert had is this a love- the same caddy that asked Sam Worthington, the famous actor, what, this he, is, what he did for a living? This is the same okay. guy, yeah. This is the <laughs> same guy that asked Sam Worthington what he did for a living about a month after Avatar <laughs> broke through a billion dollars on the box office. He didn't have a clue who he was talking Switched to. Switched on. Yeah, we told that story. But uh, anyway, so I'm not sure where they were. I think it was uh, in the south of America. It might have been Memphis or one of the tournaments down that way, Houston. And Robert Allenby had a love-hate relationship with his caddies over the years. When things were going well, you know, he loved his caddy. And then if things were going bad, he probably blamed his caddies a little bit. And I can see that. I probably would have done that too yeah. if I was a player. It's not my fault. It's the caddy's yep, fault. Exactly. So anyway, on this particular round, he wasn't playing that well. He'd had a few rounds where things hadn't been going well in the tournaments before. So there was a frostiness between the two, between our friend and Robert Allenby. Anyway, he's pulled out a club on the eighth hole at this particular tournament and he questioned the caddy, whether he thought it was the right club, the caddy said it was. And anyway, it's dropped short and he's bogeyed the hole. <laughs> so, so as he handed the putter back to our mate, the caddy, he gave him a fearful spray, okay? And this had happened two or three holes in a row. So they get to the next tee and old mate uh, Bussy, our friend, had had enough on the walk to the next tee, to the ninth tee. He decided in that walk that that was it. He was quitting. You're done. He was done. It had been building. On the ninth. On the ninth. He put the clubs down and quit mid-round. So that's it. I'm done. And Robert Allenby said, you're joking, aren't you? He said, nah, I'm finished. I'm done. Walks off. Okay. Walks to the car park, had the hire car. He is finished. Done with Robert <laughs> Allenby. Gets to the hire car in the car park of this PGA Tour event. Hasn't got his car keys. <laughs> His car keys in are back in Robert Allenby's bag, <laughs> who's halfway down the ninth by this stage. So here he comes walking back with his tail between his legs <laughs> and Allenby's chuckling going, oh, you've come to your senses, have you? And he looks at him and said, nah, mate, I left me car keys in your bag. <laughs> so he got the keys and he did quit and that is actually online, that story. It was on the PGA uh, Tour website. I and found that the, the commentator, after he walked, to go, oh, Allenby's cat, he's had enough. Yeah, he did. <laughs> anyway, this is the same bloke who just quickly, uh, an event, when he was younger, you know, caddies have got that that loose sort of vibe yeah. about them. You, you watch Caddyshack, it's quite true. Yeah. The, the caddies have They've fun. got no responsibilities apart from golf. No, they've just got Game have, day. Yeah, exactly. So the night before, they can go out and have a couple of beers and, and whatever, and, and they all get together at tournaments. So at the British Open one year, and the caddies uh, all had a big night before round one. A lot of them got together. Anyway, our mate uh, hasn't just had a big night. He's got home really late to the hotel, had an early tee-off, what a time 7 a.m. tee-off. And what time did Didn't you get, get home till 4.35. Okay. It was no point going to bed because they had a 45-minute train ride to the, the British Open yep. where they were starting. I'm not sure which course it was. Anyway, gets to the uh, gets to the first tee, picks up the bag. He's not feeling that well, is he? Because he hasn't had any sleep. <clears throat> Walking down the first tee of the British Open, 
he is wandering along sort of half not paying attention because he's feeling a bit ordinary, a bit dehydrated. You know those really big bunkers at the British Open? So yeah. those deep, big bunkers. <laughs> he's walked into one with the bag. The clubs have spilled out everywhere. Oh, it makes me laugh. Oh, bussy. Oh, that's been round 23, last round of the season. If you're going to have a punt, do so responsibly. The 20 up promo, I tell you what, has that gone off a fair hey, bit for the punters? Just before we, where's Hummer? Hummer is sick. You give you give someone an opportunity in this world, um, and to sit here and you know yeah. converse with two AFL greats as me and you are <laughs> clearly. <laughs> and the amount of times he's either been away or he's been sick or he hasn't been able to turn up—it's extraordinary. He's, he's been here the youth. Le- of, the youth of today. He's been here less than Brian Lake, who off replaced for fifteen weeks and was in a, in a Japanese prison. <laughs> <laughs> Gamble responsibly. Mm-hmm.